Welcome to the Sunset Community Church podcast. You're listening to sermon audio from our Sunday morning services. For more information about Sunset Community Church, visit us online at sunsetcommunity.church. Amen, amen. Again, I'm going to come with you from the book of Exodus this morning. And like I said, in my music, that was my Exodus story. The word Exodus means that God is getting ready to take his people to his promise. Take his people from his promise. And today I want to talk about how God sees you, he redeems you, and then he commissions you. Amen. How God sees you, he sees you exactly where you at. He sees us right now exactly where you at. And even though we may try to put on uh, um, 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 fake where we are, God knows exactly where we are. Amen. And he sees you. He sees you. Can y'all say that God sees me? God sees me. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. So as I was processing and walking with God through this passage, again, I began to reflect on my own life and how God has brought me from a slave to sin, a slave to this world, to now freedom in Christ. And this is not that he only did it for me, but he actually did it uh, for the children of Israel in the book of Exodus. And we're going to be coming from um, chapter 2, starting in verse 23, and we will go into chapter 3 down to verse 12. So turn with me to Exodus 2, verses 23. When you got it, say, I got it. Y'all, hey, y'all know I like to hear y'all a little bit, right? And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you hear the, uh, the word of God and you respond to it, but you don't have to respond to me. You can respond in your heart to God. But verse 23, right? I want to give us a backdrop before we get there, actually. Um, 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 like I said, Exodus is a story about how God's chosen people was uh, um, 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 pushed to Egypt. And then from them being in Egypt, there was a man, they was brought to Egypt because Joseph came to Egypt due to different circumstances, which was because his brothers um, didn't like him. So then he was sold into slavery and then he ended, ended up in Egypt after all tells itself, right? And as he ended up in Egypt, um, he was there as the right-hand man of Pharaoh, right? This is chapter one. And then on from there, what happened was he ended up sending his, his, his brothers, they came down to Egypt too. So now their whole family is in Egypt. And it says that that generation, which is um, him and his brothers, and also the king, the Pharaoh who knew him died. And when they died, there was a new king. And this new king was kind of fearful a little bit because when he looked out, the children of Israel multiplied so much, it was many of them. It was many of them. Like, like so, so what happened was he was fearful that, man, that one day they may take over Egypt. It's kind of like our children's ministry right now, right? Our children's ministry is kind of like taking over the whole church. We're like trying to push all the resources to the children's ministry. That's a beautiful thing, right? Hey, man, God has been fruitful to us. But... But with that being said, uh, they begin to, to uh, 
to multiply, and then Pharaoh made them slaves. So now they're slaves, and they still begin to multiply. This was the hand of God on them, right? Because God told them to multiply. That's the mandate even saw from Genesis. So as they're multiplying, the Pharaoh said, you know what? Since we can't hit them that way, let's just make them slaves. Let's oppress them. Let's kill them, right? Kill their mind, kill their spirit. So then next thing you know, they're slaves for 400 years, but still they multiply. This is God's hands. God sees us. And then also after that, he said, well, midwives, when there's a newborn baby, I want you to kill all baby boys. Midwife said, no, it's not happening. And then from there, he said, okay, since that's not happening, then why don't I put a mandate out to everyone that, you know what? Any baby boy you see, throw him in the now. And then in chapter two, it goes from the birth of Moses, who was born of a Levite couple. And um, with the mandate to throw him in the um, now, the mother began to be fearful of it. And guess what she did? She actually put him in the now, but she put him in the now in a basket. And this basket went up the river and Lo and behold, with the grace of God, it landed in the hands of Pharaoh's daughter. So now Moses is here in the hands of Pharaoh's daughter. And while we may, um, we may think that that's not good, but with the grace of God, he says that all things work out for the good. So the next thing you know, Pharaoh's daughter hears his cry and she has sympathy for him. So she takes him and was like, man, I want to keep this baby. But then in that piece, his sister was watching from afar and came up and said, hey, can we nurse the baby? She said, yes. Yeah. So then guess what? As, as the mother gave the baby to God, the baby was actually given back to the mother. That's something in itself, right? So then from there, Moses grew up with his family being nursed by his mom. Pretty sure he was learning some things about Yahweh, the God that they worship. But then he also had this piece that he had to go back to um, 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 the Egyptian's house. So he went back to the Egyptian house to be raised up as a prince in Egypt. And then one day he goes outside. This is a beautiful story. This is a beautiful story. And I see why the Ten Commandments um, made this story because it's interesting, right? So, so one day he came outside and he seen one of the um, Israelites being oppressed by one of the Egyptians, and Moses stepped in the scene, and he actually killed the Egyptian. Goes about his business. The next day, he comes back to his Hebrew family, and he sees now two Hebrew Israelites fighting. He steps in between, and the response of one of the men said, who made you a judge over us? And are you going to kill me like the Egyptian was killed? So Moses was like, oh, wow, now word has got out. So Moses flees to Midian. And he ends up meeting uh, a, a family, some daughters whose father name was Jethro. And he's in Midian. And that's where we're going to pick up. In chapter 2, verse 23. And it reads, during those many days, the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. 
Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and God knew. See, up until this point, you may think that God was absent. But he really wasn't. He was still working things out. Right. But God is getting ready to act. And it starts off with doing those many days. The king of Egypt died. When I seen that it started off with that, it kind of I was like, what does this have to do with it? Right. But as I begin to to uh, to study it, what it is about the death of a king. So so um, in the Egyptian culture, when there is a death of a king. Any criminals is to be pardoned for all the crimes. So God, before the cry, he begins to make a way for Moses, his deliverer, to come back. Moses can come back to Egypt freely, a sovereign God. And it says that, and the people of Israel groaned. See, God is all over this text because this groan here in Romans 8:26, it says that the groan comes from the spirit. And the spirit is the only thing that knows the will of God. So the spirit is 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 starting to bubble up a cry in his people. Why? Because he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. And then it says, and God knew God knew that it was time for them to be redeemed. There was a time for his redemption plan to see his 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 its way out. Right. So what he talking about when God remember is saying that uh, um, um, God remembered the covenant. See, God is so good because years ago he told Abraham that the people will actually be enslaved in another land. For 400 years. And now we hit this 400 years and now was the time. But it was all initiated by God. Their redemption, your redemption is all initiated by God. See, that is that is true to me because for um, for myself personally, I'm going to use my own self. Right. Sometimes I feel that sometimes I feel that with my walk in conversation, me, uh, um, um, me um, in my walk of being justified and made righteous through this salvation process. I think that it was all me. Right. When I share my story. Um, long ago, I began to say, yeah, it was when I made the decision to come to God. And it was all about me. Until as I began to 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 look at the word. It was really about God's initiation, which called me, caused me, should I say, to say, yes, Lord. He sees you. He sees you. God loves you. So much that he initiated, just like he initiated this cry. Now, I don't know, was this the first time that they cried out for help? But it says that they cried out for help to be rescued. What do your cry look like? Do you even so have one? Or are you just satisfied in the life that you have? They cried out to be rescued. And it says, and God knew. And even in this piece of remember, God doesn't forget. He didn't forget his covenant. But this word remembers is connecting to an action that's supposed to happen. He don't forget about us. 
But in due time, in due time, So God is getting ready to act. He's getting ready to redeem his people. And I find it interesting because sometimes I want to be redeemed and I want the Lord just to drop something down on me and just shake it from me. Right. But through this redeeming process, what he did was he went to Moses. Why? Because Moses was created for this time. Are you created for this time? Are you created for this time? So chapter 3, it says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight while the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see God, to see God called to him out of the bushes, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. To redeem, to redeem. I want to look at these first um, verses and hopefully Uh, through us looking at it, we can see this redeeming process that God has for his people. It says, now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law. Moses, once who was the prince, is now in Midian keeping someone else's flock. Not even his own. What that's telling me is the state of Moses. Moses, the very king, Prince, soon to be prince, who grew up in the house of Egypt, is now in the wilderness. In the wilderness. It's something about the wilderness, y'all. And it says, and he led his flock. He led his flock. Not so happened, chance. It says, as he led his flock to this mountain, the mountain of God, It said that something happened. There was an appearance. Again, it's not about us. It's about God. So he seen this appearance and he was amazed by it. And this appearance was a flyer, a flame in a bush. But it also says that it was the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord. And then it says that he turned aside. See, that word turned aside is a big word here, you guys. Because I'm wondering, when he turned aside, he took his focus off of his duty of working for Jethro to this amazement of what God is showing him. Has God shown himself and, 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 and with him showing himself, have you turned aside or is your focus too much on what you see or what you think you need? Because if you can't turn aside, it's, it's, it's almost like he repented. He repented from facing Jethro 
to now this amazement of God. See, this is New Testament all in the all in this hole. Right. So he repented, he turned aside and then he began to go towards this flame of fire. But God called his name Moses, Moses, stop. Stop. See, because part of our redemption is us recognizing who God is. And now he's getting ready to tell him, let him know who God is. I'm here to say, truthfully, if you really don't know who God is, for one, you need to ask him. But two, that's a question of your redemption. And he yelled out that I am holy, holy, holy. That there is no one like me. And then he called them to an act of faith because he told him to remove his shoes, which really is also a sign of reverence, of respect. When you go into the presence of God, what is your heart posture? Is it a reverence? Are you willing to turn aside? Are you willing to remove what you think is yours? So he turned aside and God called out Moses, Moses, and called him to take off his sandals. So recognizing who God is, and it is only God revealing himself, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. The presence of God produces fear, causes fear. Proverbs said the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. And it is that piece of us. Yeah, yeah, he can shake you up. He can burn you up. But it's also a reverence that he loves you, too. This was grace. He appeared as a flame of fire, both refiner, but also judger. Because he's getting ready to refine his people, but judge Egypt. So even as we're going through these times, he sees you. But we must know that what we're going through is for the glory of God and vengeance is his. So stand whole. Stand fast. Verse 7. It says, Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmaster. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. To the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. God has come down. 
so that we may come up. God has come down so that you may come up. But it's not up to a status to what we think is. It is, it is up to a status of recognizing who he is to reveal himself. He's calling them up out of Egypt to a land that he has promised. A land that he has promised that is flowing with milk and honey. That's a metaphor that everything is there that they need. He's letting them know, I'm going to take him to this, um, from this oppression to where everything you need is there. And while this is um, um, here in the text as a place, it's really the person of God. Do you recognize that everything you need is in God? Or are you living in the wilderness, wandering around, trying to survive to cook up your own dinner. Verse 10, it says, Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring the people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt. You shall serve God on this mountain. Now, after this place of being redeemed, now God is fixed to commission his people. I can just wonder when if I was Moses and I'm sitting before God and God is telling me what he's about to do, he's probably thinking like, or at least I will be thinking like, what does this have to do with me? What does this have to do with me? So you're finna do this. What? What am I? No. It has all to do with you. Because God desires to partner with us to bring his people out from the hand of Egypt. Out from the hand of the enemy, um, 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 the enemy, God's enemy, which is Satan. Out of the hands of our sin, our nature. To bring us up out of it to a flourishing God. But is your heart posture like my thoughts? Like, Lord, what does this have to do with me? Do you have a heart to go? Let's look at Moses' response here. He says that, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? He's calling him back to his old life. And I can imagine that there's all kind of thoughts that came across his mind about, yeah, once long ago, 40 years ago, I tried to free them. And it didn't work. So who am I to do this? I am inadequate to do this. He is so right. But God said, but I will be with you. I think he missed it in verse uh, uh, um, 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 eight when he said that I have come down to deliver 
my people. See, this spoke to me because um, 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 as a man, as a child of God doing ministry, sometimes I'm first feel like I am inadequate to do the work. But then also my heart posture is more of what I can do and not God. I'm looking at redeeming a world in my own strength. But God said, no, we will not do this in my own strength. I will do that because I have come down. And then he said, I will give you a sign. And the sign will be you shall serve God on this mountain. Wow. Wow. That hit me. I'm like, Lord, can you can you give me one right now? Can you give me a sign right now so that I can walk? But no, he said, I'm going to give you the sign after you walk. The question is, do you trust me? See, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. God just gave him the move. And the other piece in this that I see is how Moses go from the wilderness, not knowing who God is, to actually a friend of God. Jesus said in the New Testament that I don't treat you like a slave. I treat you as a friend because I tell you what's happening. From a slave to a friend in God's kingdom. See, we want many friends, but, 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 but is it the God of creation that you desire to be your friend? The sign that you shall serve God on this mountain reflects to the identity of Moses as a servant, as a servant. God has called us to be servants. As I looked at this text, I began to ask myself, Lord, who am I in this story? Am I the one that has been pressed, I mean, um, um, oppressed brutally by the Egyptians? Or am I the slave in Midian? Because whether if we think it or not, Moses was still a slave. He probably wasn't oppressed as, as much as the um, Hebrew Israelites, but I don't really think it matters. What matters is one is oppressed. He was still living in the wilderness as a wanderer. So are you the one who is living as a wanderer? Or are you the one who is tired right now? Who is tired of what life has barked to you? Because the beautiful thing about this is this is a foreshadow of what was to come. And just as Moses, as God came down to Moses, God did the very thing for us in the son, Jesus Christ. He came down, gave his life 
he came down as a flame of fire embodied by flesh and blood, as refiner and as judge. But right now, he set the mark for us to be refined. So which one are you? Are you still living as if your life is your own? Or are you amazed by the glory of God? Are you amazed by the revelation of our God? And if so, how have you took the next step? Because God is a God of commissioning. Do you find yourself on mission for God, or are you still working for the Jethro's? See, the beautiful thing about this is I don't want to discredit um, Moses' uh, um, time in Midian because God used that time in Midian. He used that time to get Egypt out of Moses to bring him to a humble state so that he can reveal himself. And even in your day-to-day thing, how do you live your life on your daily job? Are you serving your boss? Because scripture tells us to do all things unto God. Are you looking just to get a paycheck? Or are you there because God has commissioned you there to bring forth his redemption plan, what he promised to his world? God is a God that sees you. He sees your suffering. And he came down to redeem you. And in this redemption, there is purpose. Would you receive our loving God? And I know we don't do altar calls and things like that too often. But wherever you find yourself at today, and not even with the music, I just want to take a few minutes before we close just in silence and ask the Lord to speak to you. Where do you need deliverance from? What are you not willing to turn aside from? What are you not willing to take off? So that God, so that you may serve God in his earth Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it. His glory is everywhere. So let's take a moment. Where is he calling you to? I believe this is a season that we are not to shrink back. To go back into our old way of living. God is shooken us. And I'm not one to say that the Lord is coming back, but he is because his word said that. So let us spend some time. Take a minute.
Ask the Lord to search you. Thank you, God. In closing, I want to leave us with this. As I said that in this text, it was a foreshadow of what was to come in Jesus. And Jesus came and delivered, fulfilled the promise. But as he went up, as he came down as God with us, there was the third part of God, the Trinity, the third part of the Trinity of God that came down. And it was his Holy Spirit from Christ the God of Emmanuel, God with us, to now the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit God, God the Holy Spirit is God within us. So as we're looking and processing on how God is calling us, don't rely on yourself. Don't rely on yourself. Rely on the same God who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that no matter where we're at, whether if life is hard, hard being a mom, hard being a dad, hard being a, 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 a youth, a kid, Lord, that we know that you have a plan for us and that you seize us and that you will respond and that you have been responding to bring us to the promised land, which is you. Come as fire to refine us, your church. And we pray in Jesus' mighty name, and the church join me in saying, amen. You've been listening to sermon audio from Sunset Community Church. Sunset Community Church is located in Renton, Washington. For more information, visit our website at sunsetcommunity.church.